Hello and welcome to the Fabulous by Design podcast. I'm your host, Evie. I am excited you are listening today. This show inspires and empowers you to take the next step towards a life you can't stop thinking about. I am bringing in people from all over the world with authentic and inspiring stories. People who changed their lives from good to better, from miserable to great, turned strategy into hope and became successful entrepreneurs and business owners, living their dream life on their own terms. Grab your favorite note-taking device, lean back and get inspired. I believe that everything you need to create the life of your dreams is already within you. Another Wednesday and another incredibly amazing guest I will be talking to today, Joey Lawrence. Joey Lawrence is a digital marketer, speaker, and a shark lover. Why this is important, Joey will tell us in a moment. I don't want to spoil it all, but we are going to talk all things digital huge mindset junks that uh, Joey is bringing to the table. Joey, welcome to the show. Please introduce yourself shortly to our audience. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I'm Joey. Um, I basically started a business from scratch, um, bootstrapped 100% into our first year of doing well over seven figures. Now I speak on a marketing tour across the United States, probably 16, 18 different conferences, uh, speaking on just how to steal away competitor traffic, how to leverage your business better digitally, you know, and just honestly, how to become a better marketer. Cool. That, that's a short description. I want to dive a little bit deeper into the digital world, because I think this is nowadays, no matter if it's for a single person company or the corporate world, a huge topic. We will dive into that a little bit deeper in a moment. But first, I would love to know, you haven't always been an entrepreneur as you are today. You had a job just like many of us here. What moved you to quit your job or to leave your job and start your own company? Yeah. So it was one of those things where, you know, they talk about burning the boats and, you know, putting your back against the wall where all you can do is, you know, go forward. I didn't necessarily have it the most peaceful way. And since like everybody's, maybe some other people have it, I actually ended up getting fired from a company um, that I was working for doing what I do now, basically, but in the sales role. And I was questioning some data issues and basically our, you know, what we'd report to clients weren't lining up um, with what actually they saw inside their Google analytics and, you know, versus our dashboard. So I thought, at the time, you know, I'm going to put on the red cape and uh, more or less help out the company and figure out why we're losing clients uh, because of this transparency issue. And more or less, I can't say I was right or wrong, but I will say I was fired on the spot. And uh, I was so upset, messed like I would say messed up just because I was so passionate about what I was doing. Um, you know, I was like, screw this. I'm going to start my own company. And honestly, it just kind of started as a joke. And then it really took off. And it was one of those things where it was kind of built on the aspect of like, uh, you know, kind of choosing your enemy wisely. Mm -hmm. I see you. I hear you. So it was a situation that you saw a problem. You were not welcome to solve it. And you thought, you know what? I'm going to take my knowledge and my skill set and I'm going to try it on my own. At that time, yeah. you said you got fired, right? Correct. Because yep. you were questioning the ethics. And how did it feel at that time? And did you go directly into, oh my God, I'm going to start that business. Or was there a time in between of, I don't want to put the word in your mouth now, like doubt, hesitation, insecurity? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I remember because I was actually in Raleigh, North Carolina. We were at a digital summit out there at the time. So I, I wasn't speaking at the time. I kind of was a nobody more or less. I was just a sales guy for the company. You know, and, and still at the time I was earning anywhere between twenty twenty five thousand dollars $25,000 a month just in uh, sales commission. So I was, I was one of their higher grosser employees. 
But, you know, when I got fired on the, on that spot, one, I, it wasn't one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm released. Let me go start my own thing. You know, I remember going right to the bar and getting a beer. Actually, I'm pretty sure I had a, a shot of Jack Daniels. And I was sitting there thinking, like almost ready to tear up and cry just because it felt like the whole world was against me. And, you know, and it wasn't one of those things where I think everybody thinks like leaving your job and starting your company is this like um, pursuit of happiness role and it's just going to work out. There was in that moment, I will say that I, there was no aspect of excitement. There was no trail of you know glory that I thought I was about to, about to blaze. It was honestly mm-hmm. a kind of a nightmare at the moment. Um, and it wasn't one of those things either where it was like, okay, let me go ahead and just start this thing and it'll, it'll rock and roll. You know, there's a lot of little things that happen, you know, especially from a psychology level, just getting your mind in the moment of ready to conquer, ready to take over, especially when you've been punched in the face like that. So it, it took a lot of work to, uh, let's say, get the confidence to really roll this out. Mm-hmm. I see that because there is this uh, almost, you can say, phase of, of grief, of this pain of being fired, the fear the feel of loss and the pity party, as you say, we throw ourselves. I went for a beer. I wish it would have been a Jack Daniels. And then I think this is a, a needed phase whenever we go through things like that. And then to get the courage together, to be brave enough and say like, okay, and now, despite all the feels, I'm going to do it anyways. Was there a catalyst or was there something that really, where you said, okay, this moved me despite my emotion, despite the, the bad space you were in? Was there something that moved you into the direction of perhaps a little bit of hope, perhaps a little bit of, you know, when you see the light of the end and the end of the tunnel somewhere far away? Kind of actually, there's probably two things. And, and one's gonna sound a little bit more weird for the audience, I suppose. But the first thing was honestly the not hatred, but like this just anger toward the company that did it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm motivated by the op like the opposition, but I definitely love a good challenge. I'm very, very competitive. But the second was honestly hearing that my family, you know, were like, hey, you need to go back. You need to work for Ford. That's where mainly most of my company, our uh, family works for, uh, you know, go back, back home to Missouri, you know, go join uh, the union and start working for Ford. And, and I, I just knew that wasn't for me. And hearing that, you know, this was kind of like, hey, your your opportunity in sales and sense of, you know, working for marketing and all this stuff that you, you wanted to do and dreamed of, it's just not a fit for you. So, you know, kind of go back and join the family business. And I just hearing that that was such an easy answer for them versus saying like, hey, we believe in what you want to do next. That really propelled me to want to step into this role even even harder, just knowing that, you know, the opposition of family was kind of there. Um, and, and I don't know, like if they would have been so encouraged, yeah, I don't know if I would have been so encouraged to even do this business. So it's uh, it was, yeah, it's kind of two different like little psychology plays there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound too weird to me, to be honest. Initially... In my 20s, my first business that miserably failed, I was operating from the space of, I'm going to show you that I can. In mm-hmm. fact, I couldn't. I mean, I could for five years, but I was burned out. I didn't. I barely made any money. I was not in the, in the right space at that time at all. So I did change my strategy a little bit. And even if I sometimes still feel what you felt back then, like I'm going to show you because I strongly believe that there is so much more that we can do than just go to an office from eight to five and satisfy Mm -hmm. someone else's desires and make somebody else rich. And there are people, most of the society don't believe in this because it's just, I would still say too new, right? If, (laughs) If you haven't looked in the digital in the online world, for some people, they just can't grasp what it is, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Was this at any time in your way when you were operating from the space of, I'm going to show you, 
rather than from a space of wanting to serve and help? Was this ever in your way or was it really that catalyst? No, I mean, I, I think to serve and help was there. I mean, that's I think that's deep down why you go into business for yourself mm-hmm. in a way. I don't, And I, I think a lot of people who don't own a business don't realize that is that, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of aspects that people talk about, the freedom, the money, but they don't talk also about all the downfall and all the opportunity that you have to fail, let alone you're responsible for so many other people. But the truth is, it's it's one of those foundational points, I think, in any entrepreneur, um, business owner, or even, let's say, C-level executive you know, wheelhouse is, I want to serve. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Russell Brunson's one of my favorite entrepreneurs out there. And I think one of his abilities to not just express this on stage, but how much he's done it in his business with ClickFunnels, you know, as an entrepreneur, we, we're given the ability to serve and serve at the highest level. And so that's, I think there, there is a foundational pull there, no matter what, that's just built in every entrepreneur's blood. And I, and, and also, you know, C-level execs and things like that, you know, you really want to help others. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of Russell, he has made by now a nine-figure company, I believe. So he's really yeah, they're they're valued the, over a billion dollars, I believe. Yeah, one of the gurus. I I am a big fan too. I've read his books. I like listening to him. He's a fun guy too. Um, he's super nice. I've met his wife, and like they are the nicest people. Yeah, it's it's incredible that you mention him right now because you also made seven figures in your first year, right? So right. I. To like also to showcase the road to that, not just being like, oh my God, it is possible for you and to sugarcoat everything. You mentioned failure before, Joey. What was your biggest failure on the road from zero to seven figures or failures if there were more? Would you like to take us through that journey a little bit? Well, so I had a business partner at the time. He was actually working with a different company. He ended up stepping away and he was much older than I was, you know, and we just couldn't get it to connect. And so I had to restart Media Shark a second time. And mm-hmm. so the first time I did it after getting fired, um, he stepped over with me and we did it right during COVID and I can right before COVID. And I will say that was the hardest thing was one having two, and he wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's an A-type personality necessarily, but having somebody who has a vision, you have a vision. And then we have employees now we're fighting COVID trying to travel to meet clients. We, I mean, the business really flopped the first time, the first round of media shark. And then second was, you know, it, honestly, it, relationships being mm-hmm. up and down all over the place, you know, and I think that's the one thing with a lot of people don't realize is that, yeah, you, you can talk about business failures all you want and you fail as an entrepreneur so much that it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing when you talk to somebody that if they are willing to open up about their failures, then you know, they're real. And that's, that's honestly one of the things I talk about whenever I meet people, they're like, all right, if I'm asking them questions and if they say, oh, I've never failed, I'm like, okay, well, you're either holding back or you haven't been through enough or you're not going to go through enough because you haven't failed yet. But the relationship aspect, I've had a, a couple situations with a fiance, things like that, that just tanked. And it, it was one of those things of trying to manage the business, my own personal goals, relationships, stuff like that. But I would say, honestly, too, from the business aspect, it's just you know maintaining a marketing presence is so hard when you're also trying to own and operate. You know, clients are going to come and go, let alone knowing your audience and who your the right client should be. Versus in the beginning, you're pretty much just bringing on any client you can to, you know, kind of make your bankroll. Bringing on wrong clients was just one of our big failures, you know, just not knowing who the right client was. And so bringing on stressful clients, clients that from a standpoint, we probably shouldn't have brought on because it's just they didn't have their stuff together when it came to marketing. You know, just there's a, there's a lot of hiccups getting to that point of, um, you know, call it success. But we also had a lot of really solid clients that stayed with us during this whole, you know, trial and adversity and buildup that, you know, made it possible. And there's one client, I can't name who who it is, but one client in particular that 
if they wouldn't have stuck with us the whole time, I, we definitely would not be where we're at today. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I agree. It's especially the startup phase is one failure after the other. And I think the magic lies in not seeing it as a failure, but as a as the journey that needs to be walked, the path that needs to be walked together. I just recently had a conversation with a brand new startup and she said like, oh my God, I thought I have it all figured out. And then I write this offer and suddenly it feels like I'm a total imposter. It doesn't feel right at all. And then I was looking back at the, at the path, how she got there. And she's like, I was failing my knowledge, my skill set. I just went down the completely wrong path and ended up in an offer that doesn't even align with the people I want to serve. And I had to rewrite everything. And she was so desperate. That was desperation. And I was like, this is it, girl, this is it. This is where you're supposed to be. You are doing the right exact thing because this discovery just takes time. It takes so much passion to lean into it, to try yourself as well. There's a there's a topic that I like to speak on when well whenever I get to talk about it that's not related to marketing necessarily but there's a saying that I like I believe in with all my heart and it's in your head you're dead mm-hmm. and that is and that applies from a personal level relationship to you know growth human your mindset all the way to business um, and in every aspect of the future and past you know the one thing I think we make so many mistakes on just as just say people whether it's you know lovers friends to business people to whatever is that we just overthink things. And, you know, the one thing that I think is interesting is, you know, you look at people that you look up to, let's say if I look at a football player or an athlete or an actor or actress or whoever, you know, you think at the same time, when you see them performing that, man, I wish I could be like that. Look at them. Like I put them on this pedestal, but yet you forgot all the hard work they put in those 5 a.m. workouts, those, you know, time spent with coaching their, you know, their family, their struggles, all this stuff for that, for the moments that we're seeing yet we'd forget that, you know, they're also human and they mm-hmm. there's no doubt they have their own doubts, you know, and sometimes it's just, you got to get out of your head. And I think, you know, we've seen that too, with proposals we put together, you yeah. know, we just recently did one. So I think one of the issues that we've seen too, is just, you know, we put together proposals that we did one that was probably 1.7 million for the year. And I was wondering, I'm like, man, I don't know if we have the bandwidth. Is this too big of a client for us to bring on? And, you know, finally I was like, get out, like I'm going to get out of my head about this. You know, we deserve to be in this role. And if we need to bring on more people and hire more people, we will. But it, w- I definitely did not feel in that moment that we were ready to be at that level. But it's like, you know, you just got to keep pushing through. Yeah, I, I, I see that. Absolutely. We are most of the time in our way. It's the brain that does it, right? It's our head that tries to protect us from mm-hmm. the evil. However, we need to prove ourselves that there is no tiger or white lion standing out there if you take the client that is uh, that feels potentially too big at that moment. And I like to operate from a space of what can be. This is mm-hmm. something I learned over the past years. Do you have a tool ready that you say, okay, this is how I can get out of my head right now in order to proceed and not be in my own way? I, I wouldn't say I have a tool necessarily. I would say what I would do and just what I've done is I write down where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, I don't, I don't do the whole 10 years. I think Tony Robbins has a great point where he goes, people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do. I believe in five, really what I try to do is I there's a book I'm reading currently called choose your enemies wisely. And I'm obsessed with it. And there's something that I, I do anyway, is I pick something or some goal that I have that's based off an area of my life. I want to be, whether it's personal and business. And then I, I write down like, okay, this is my, well, say, say so-called enemy. 
that I'm going to pursue this type of person, whether it's, you know, character change or uh, evolution of where I want to be in business wise. And then I'm going to be like, okay, if the enemy is here, I'm going to write down all the things that the enemy is doing more or less. And then I'm going to slowly, you know, change our positions, my attitude or my, you know, my actions in either business or personal to achieve where that enemy is at. And then, you know, the next thing is to choose the next level up enemy more or less. Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting approach. I'm hearing this for the first time uh, in, in this way. I find it super interesting. Do you agree that I had a situation where I set out for a huge vision not even that big that I barely could imagine it. Like it really took me some time to lead into it, to really try to embody it or even to imagine it, to make it somewhat feel real. And when I spoke about it, there was a particular person looking at me and be like, you're a freaking idiot. Like you literally, this is doomed to fail and you're going to be disappointed. And I said, no, you don't understand me. This is not about whether I'm going to reach it or not, because I think in the end, we never reach a goal as we set it out to be, especially if we look at five, 10, 15 years, things will never go the way as planned. But yep. I think if I narrow down and I say, I'm going to reach that particular thing only and set my limits so low that I literally handicap myself at that moment, because then I will play small. Well, this yeah. is about well- that. And, you know, and Grant Cardone brings this up a lot, you know, his 10X vision. And, you know, and that's, and it's so true because if we just think about every improvement aspect of whether life or business and you 10X that goal. So if I, my goal is to make a million dollars in a year and I'm going to say, all right, I make a hundred K now I'm going to 10X it by the end of the year, I will make a million dollars. Now I'm going to have to bust my ass to get to that point. But, you know, if I was able to get to, let's say seven X of where I currently am, and let's say I failed at 10 Xing. It is way better than saying I'm going to double my income. You know, failure at a 10x level is still way better than failing at just an average goal, more or less. And, and that's I think that's one of the mistakes that we make is that we get so much in our head about what we can and can't do. And we don't accept the failure that like in sense of growth. And we sit back and say, man, I, I didn't do it. But yet it's the evolution of like, you know, the butterfly from a cocoon to a beautiful, you know, butterfly. It it takes time. And there's a lot of things that you see and transition to, to get to where you want to be. And sometimes, like you said, the end of the road just looks a little different than we, you know, we envisioned it. And I definitely think business is one of those as well. I think people tell you all the time, it's like, man, go to, go into business for yourself, take the chance to go, you know, make the change. And now I would actually take the position of saying like, you know, don't do it, you know, take, take really good and like self-reflection and, and really decide, you know, is this my path? Because I think it's not all, you know, sunshine and rainbows. There is so much hardship, so much loneliness in business entrepreneurship that this just not discussed enough. And it's not, it's definitely not for everybody. Absolutely. That's why we are here, Joey. Dear listener, if you are just listening to this and you think this is valuable, hit the comment section below on Spotify. Let us know that you liked it. Share it with a friend who needs to hear this spread the word and please don't hesitate to reach out to Joey or me if you have any questions regarding these topics because we are here to serve as Joey said before and I would like to know something as you mentioned relationships yeah before relationships failed I think relationships are failing our entire life no matter if or we fail relationships no matter if we have a business or not however mm-hmm. when People set out to start a business when people set their priorities differently, when they start really leaning into the work as they feel they have to, 
there is loads of misunderstanding. Some people have loving families who support without having to understand. Mm -hmm. Some people understand and get supported and others just, as I said, can't grasp it. How did you deal with relationship losses at that time? I think this is very crucial. Some people don't start a business because of that fear of being rejected. Yeah, I I think it's, you know, it sucks because it's one of those things where I think one of the hard things when it comes to the relationship aspect, it's like you're looking for people to validate you and push and make sure that you're on the right path. And that's like one of the biggest, biggest mistakes you can make is that you lean on other people to validate yourself first. You have to validate and be your own backbone in, in your own business and the choices you make. And I think one of the mistakes that, you know, I made personally was I would look at, you know, um, her and lean on her, not knowing her own stress that she's dealing with, um, let alone having to deal with my stress that I'm bringing to the relationship and my ups and downs, plus adding on the business stress. And then being like, okay, let's let's get through this together. And then she's over here trying to, you know, let's say survive or like not drown from all this drama, stress, and all this stuff. I think it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, now looking back on it, I wish I could have been more in the more in the moment rather than being in my own head. And, I, and you see that even without business, it's people are so distracted with you know what's called the phones, the everything around them, what's happening in the news, and it's like. We're, we're so disconnected from our moments that are, you know, we're sharing with somebody and said, we're bringing all this to the moment. And next thing you know, it's, it's not about us anymore. Absolutely. Absolutely. That. Yeah. I think it's just a, another way to learn to deal with certain relationships, learn how to communicate, learn how to not always put yourself in the front, right? Because other people have also desires, wishes, it's the expectation of being understood. I think if they can't understand you, they won't, and that's okay. I think it's okay if we don't have a thousand percent support from our loved ones because they are well, not here to support that. our businesses. I think relationships can be built on a whole different level than just a business. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I think that's the thing too. It's like right there, you hit on the head is that we can't look at the other person, you know, spouse situation and and think that, hey, they're going to be there for me. Like it, that's the worst. It's honestly the worst thing you could do to your relationship is make it about their, their support of you. You know, you have to be firmly, if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to, you know, it's called serve, you have to be foundationally footed. Your feet have to be buried in that cement and you're not going anywhere, no matter what type of tide wind hits you. And your relationship does not matter when it comes down to your needing their support to, you know, do what you need to do. The truth is, in my opinion, I think entrepreneurs have some of the strongest backbones. Um, there's some of the strongest people out there, especially, well, and also probably sometimes some of the craziest, but on the reverse side too, you know, emotionally, they're, they're very strong. And I think a lot of us need to realize that, you know, we also can be a huge support system for those around us because we've been through so much. Mm-hmm. And especially from a relationship, instead of looking for, you know, the the spouse's approval or your partner's approval, um, you know, instead be the support system that they need. And you find yourself, you know, working through a relationship rather than, you know, working at it when you're serving the other person versus being served. Absolutely. I love that. What you just said, this is powerful. And dear listener, 
if you now think you don't have the resilience yet, you haven't built those skills yet, what you're always talking about, I think this just comes with practice. It comes with taking action. It comes with time. It comes with leaning into what you do and developing a certain skill set and emotional intelligence in order to operate, just as Joey mentioned. And you can learn that too. We did it all. And if you have the feeling and the desire that you can do that, then I want to encourage you right now. Take your first step. Look into your opportunities. What's possible for you? Because I believe in you a thousand percent that you can do it. And now that I have a digital marketer here with me, Joey, what are the trends for 2024? What should we focus on this year? What are you focusing on this year? Yeah. So from a marketing standpoint, making this transition over here, you need to look at your website like a library. All right. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that we've made with the use of AI and all this stuff coming out is that we built an average website, which is like an average library, more or less. And Google, you know, Google doesn't know what a, a pie tastes like. Google is an algorithm. So it knows what it should look like in the sense of ingredients, how it should feel and how it should be laid out to have a, let's say, a good recipe. Well, you need to treat your website like a library in the sense of building it for Google. So with all this new AI coming out, Google is going to really be pouring into depth and authority. They want to see that you're really serving their audience or your customers. So just like a library, you know, obviously a library has tons of books, which are like blogs, obviously for, for your website, but it also has tons of aisles too. Like the Library of Congress, ton, huge, huge, massive library. But yet there's tons of aisles, which gives nice direction, shows you where the sections are for the books. There's tons of books in those certain areas. So you need to basically take your website and build out a ton of pages about your products and services. And I would say even... Every website right now should be, you know, if you're a small business, I'd say have 50 to maybe even 100 pages. Break it down by location, even down to the, like, I'm in I'm in St. Pete, Florida. I would have my location for St. Pete, Orlando, Miami, Clearwater, Sarasota. I mean, every aspect, and then also attach a service to it. So if we do SEO, I would have SEO service for Clearwater, Sarasota, Orlando, Miami, Jacksonville. And then I would do the same thing for Google Ads. So really, it's like you're cloning every service that you offer into every little part of a state and also into a uh, city as well. Because what you're doing is you're telling Google in Orlando, Florida, a person looking for SEO, here's their answer. And that's your website. So one of the big things I think, like going back to the trend aspects is Google is going to be really diving into your website and seeing, are you serving more or less um, the audience correctly? And are you the authority in this topic? And I think one of the things businesses, big and small, need to really look at their competitors and say, is my competitor or do they have a bigger website with more directions, more or less, or more aisles of a library than I do? And you need to, if not mimic them and outperform them when it comes to page builds. That's one, that's one of the biggest trends that I, I'm seeing. And people just don't realize that it's it's going to come hard. And they're going to think it's they have to spend more money. At Google, in the day, Google wants you to spend money. Like Google is a money-making machine. They'll take your money just as fast as you can spend it, but they don't want you to get free traffic. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're always going to be trying to make it harder. So this page situation is built, really, in my opinion, to help Google make more money because they're going to make it very hard to rank. But if you yeah. do these steps now, it could really help you in the future big time. Absolutely. I see that. I, I do understand that um, the topic of visibility is a big one. And I think there is, no matter what you do, being visible nowadays is not the easiest thing, but you have to be out there in order to be found. Indeed. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Joey, 
as much as I always hate to round up this conversation, because I think we could go on forever. I would have had a ton of questions. But my last and most favorite, what do people misunderstand the most about you? Um, that I'm still guessing. <laughs> I, <laughs> Please explain. I think, yeah, I think no matter what, you know, whether I'm on stage talking about something or, I mean, I've, I've been in an audience where I'm on stage with a thousand people in the room, all the way down to just having an intimate conversation, is that at any given time, I, and it sounds dumb when I say this because it's obvious, I'm guessing it's a hypothesis on this marketing. You know, we're we're playing against the demigods, uh, Facebook and Google and, you know, TikTok, and, and we're all trying to figure out what to do next. And we're all really hypothetically guessing this is the next thing. And I think in marketing, you know, we watch these people on YouTube or whatever, hear them on stage, and we act like they're experts. They're not. They're they're just, you know, testing, testing, testing. And they're just the scientist that just does, let's say, a little bit more correct when it comes down to mixing that bio with the right, let's call it a success. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I think people look at me, they're like, okay, hey, he said it, this is the way it has to be. And it's like, I'm guessing, you know, that it's my it's my best guess based off what I see from this hypothesis and what what we see around us. So rather than uh, being like, hey, I'm, we're full-fledged, 100% right, you know, I, I'd say that the misunderstanding is that, you know, we're we're still guessing, we'll call it. Absolutely. I think, thank you so much for your honesty and for being so authentic here, because I think we hear it so often that people say, yeah, I cracked the algorithm. I'm like, you show me, like, these algorithms are not here to be cracked. Like, honestly, and if you cracked it, they have changed the minute you did, right? Um, and it's also not right, our wrong. business to do so, right? I think is there are, by now, also in the online world, so many strategies that can serve different people with different desires or what they want to build and how they want to build it in small and big capacities. And I think that the magic is into finding out what works for me, what do I like to lean into integrity and to just simply let go of what we have to do and have the courage to try because there is no wrong or right yep and i think that's the one thing that i think if i could say anything to the audience it's the aspect of like take the step that you need to take for yourself and get out of your head about it the biggest mistake you can make is not taking the action it's way better to fail at something than always wonder why but i think that's one of the biggest lessons i've learned now is that i'd rather throw a thousand things against the wall and see if one sticks than never have thrown it at all and always wonder and I think one of the biggest and hardest, let's call it life lessons is that wondering or not taking action is probably the most detrimental, the health concern issue that you'll face in your entire life. Because again, once you figure out you can do it, the the road opens and the highways spread open to all these different options that you can take to go to where you want to go. Thank you for this. Thank you for rounding up this conversation in such a meaningful way. Dear listener, if you want to connect with Joey, you will find all the details, everything you need to know in the show notes. As you see, he's a very talkative guy, very open-minded. Don't hesitate to reach out if you have any question, if you need his help. He is here to serve you. And dear Joey, thank you so much for this conversation. I appreciate you and thank you for your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. Hey. 
do you want to create fantastic reels with unique captions quickly? This script has saved me time and brought back the fun of creating reels. The writing, transcript editing and recording program automatically detects errors, ums and speech gaps and much more. I became an affiliate of this script because it eliminates the sucky part of reel and video editing and adds much value to my work as a coach and creator. You can try this script for free by clicking the link in the show notes and reach out to me if you need help with your first edits.